Welcome to the Bulls Guys Podcast. I'm your host, Kenyatta Wright, and this is my co-host, Greg Love. What's going on? The Bulls get back on track, Greg. Get a win over the Toronto Raptors. Look like our Bulls is back, at least for one night, and then not the only one back. Patrick Williams is back. We're going to talk about him returning to the team. We're also going to discuss Vooch's contract and whether the Bulls should keep him moving forward. We're going to talk about the Bulls' recent slump and, you know, what does that mean, you know, moving forward in the season that they dropped from first to fifth. All of that and much more after this. You're listening to the Bulls Guys Podcast where we talk about your Chicago Bulls and give an unbiased take. Thank you for listening and like and subscribe. How do you feel about the Bulls? How would you like to be on our show, The Bulls Guys Podcast, and give your thoughts on the team? Send us your emails at talkingbulls82 at gmail.com and we'll be glad to have you on. All right, back on the Bulls Guys podcast. So, Greg, the Bulls pulled one out tonight, 113-99 after losing three in a row. And it seemed like, you know, Bulls Nation was, you know, faltering, you know, Stacey King battling with the fans online. And he was saying a lot to the fans because I was following a lot of Stacey's Twitter posts saying that the fans are unfaithful and how Bulls fans have to always ride for their team in Chicago. That's how Chicago gets down. And it was a lot being said these past few days. I, I found myself giving up on the Bulls. I didn't do a podcast in so many days, and I planned to do one, but I was so disgusted at the way we performed in Phoenix and the way we performed in Utah and the way we performed in the Kings game that, you know, it was it just felt like the losing streak was just bad for us. And then we get Pat back today for the first time since October 28th when he had that wrist injury in that New York game. And he looked pretty good out there. Um, picked the spot, had a, good, a, couple, a couple of good rebounds and hit some three-point shots, um, had some putbacks, had, uh, scored on that fast break late in the fourth quarter behind Zach, who, who also put on a, a barrage of uh, points that he that he put out there. And I felt like that's where the Bulls broke away, broke away in this game when Zach began to get hot, hit three-pointers, and the Bulls got out and ran. You know, in the first half, it didn't seem like they could get out and run. They were trying to uh, shoot more than than run the ball and Toronto was limiting the limiting the Bulls to one shot in the, in the in the half court and I just felt like the Bulls pressured the ball a lot more and they and it enabled them to get some steals and they were able to get out and run and open this game up right points off turnovers like the Bulls killed the Raptors on um but the Bulls were taking advantage of it and that's what we really need to see as well as, like you said, getting out there and running, right? Like, it, the offense seemed to flow a lot better. I know Caruso was out there um, operating the offense. There was times where you see him pushing the pace, right? Uh-huh. And that made everything easier. People were able to get easier shots. You know, you got 
Zach streaking or DeMar streaking, right? Like they can get to their spots a little bit easier when you have the defense scrambling as opposed to always working in the half court to where the defense has a chance to set and defend you better and have help and everything. Um, as far as the losing streak, yeah, man, I was, I was down on the Bulls. Just to be completely honest, I looked at it like, I guess my issue with the Bulls has been for teams that they know that they are better than, you see the effort a little bit more and you see like, okay, we should win this game. But it seems like these upper echelon teams, like I don't know if it's their confidence or like they don't believe that they can beat them because like they don't even look like they're trying out there. And that's why you see these blowouts. So it was frustrating, but this was a good win. Um, everybody played really well this game. Uh, I guess my, my only kind of nitpicking point in this win would be uh, Gervonta needs to take those shots on the driving kicks. Like he's mm-hmm. passing up wide open threes a lot of the time. And it's not necessarily getting anybody an open shot. Uh, so he needs he needs to shoot those just to be a threat. Like not even not even knocking it down, right? But maybe, you know, if he's shooting those consistently, okay, maybe he can pump fake and get to the hole, right? But at this point he's just passing up those shots. But that's really my only critique. It was a really good overall all around game for this Bulls team and a nice win. I felt I felt like the Bulls um did really well when they um forced the Raptors into turnovers. They had twenty one uh points scored off of Raptor turnovers in the, in that third quarter, and that helped spark them on a twenty one to eight run. And they just they just took off from right there. It just seemed like they they put their stamp on that third quarter, and it led right into the fourth. And then you had uh, players like Ao getting wide open um, breaks to the basket. Ao got a couple steals and a couple turnovers. I uh, forced a couple Raptors turnovers as well, and I just felt like the activity was just better. I just felt like the guys were getting up into Toronto. They were pressuring the ball a lot more, and they were more active. And I just hope that they would. I just wish that they would do this every night, Greg. You have to pressure the ball. But when you play lazy and play disinterested, and you're not really putting your body into guys and really forcing guys to shoot over a trap or whatever. And they were trapping a lot of Raptors players. That time when they trapped, they trapped Scotty Barnes in that corner, and he threw the ball way out of bounds. I just felt like if it, it, that was just imminent that you know they were just forcing this team, you know, to make bad decisions and with their activity and just getting up all up in their space, disrupting their passes. Um, Fourteen Raptor turnovers in this game. Um, fast break points, the Bulls and Raptors were tied at 16. The points in the paint is where I was discouraged. I felt like the Raptors were scoring way too easy in the paint. And I don't know what it is, but the Bulls just can't get offensive rebounds. And the Raptors were getting a lot of putbacks in this game. Offensive rebounds, the Raptors have 14 rebounds. The Bulls also have 14. Uh, to me, what I think – I think it depends on – a couple of things. I think it depends on the personnel for the lack of offensive rebounding because mm-hmm. I think what ends up happening is what you're seeing is Vooch is running these pick and pops. So he is completely outside of the lane. So any of those opportunities for putbacks, you're going to have to count on Javante or some of these smaller guards going in and trying to get them instead of Vooch being in there. So I think that is kind of what contributes to it. But, you know, to kind of expound on your point about the pressure, um, you're, you're absolutely right. I think the Bulls need to 
pressure the ball a lot more, especially when you're playing small ball. You mm-hmm. can't just sit up there and sit back and expect teams not to take advantage of their size over you if you're playing small ball, right? You have mm-hmm. to create turnovers. You have to force turnovers. You have to make it very difficult for these larger players, you know, your Joel Embiid, your Jokic's, right? Like, you have to make it difficult for these guys, which means you're going to have to pressure the ball, make these passes difficult, get in the passing lane, do things of that nature, right? Mm-hmm. And I will say this. Their rotation tonight was excellent. You, you, you're seeing plays where, you know, in the past, we can go back to last month, right, where the ball starts swinging and the rotations are very late. You're either getting ticky-tack fouls or wide-open layup. I know there was a particular play where the ball was swinging with Toronto. Caruso goes over the challenge. The ball swings back. Uh-huh. And Zach was right there, right, like ready to challenge. It, it, the shot clock was getting ready to expire. Now Toronto has to take a horrible shot, right? But it's things like that, just little adjustments like that, that raise your defensive intensity, which makes it harder on everybody else. Now it's a turnover. And now you get another offensive possession to do what you guys do best. Yeah, I, I feel like the Bulls, um, their activity was just better. Um, they was looking for the extra pass. Caruso had a couple nifty passes. By the way, I like him at point guard, Greg, moving forward until Lonzo gets back, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Lonzo taking off of rehab for at least like 10 days. So it doesn't look like he's going to return back this season. And I just think Caruso is the best fit at point guard. Based on his his history, based on his experience, based on winning the championship and being with the Lakers, I can't find a better person to run the point guard position than Alex Caruso. He's going to make the right play. He's not going to force shots. Kobe and Ayo need to play at the shooting guard position. Ayo, not too bad, but Kobe definitely not on the point guard position. I, I agree with your assessment on Kobe. Kobe is a two guard. Let's just call it what it is. He right. is a shoot first, two guard. Two guard. I think with Ayo, and I agree with you on Caruso starting, and this is why I think it's better to have Ayo come off the bench. I think Caruso, for what you need in that starting lineup, you don't necessarily need a scorer at that position, right? If you're mm-hmm. looking at, you got Demar, you got Zach, you got Vooch. You don't necessarily need, you know, somebody to come in and score. You need somebody to come in there and facilitate the offense who's going to be a pass first. You're going to be looking for your guys, but also has the capability to knock down an open shot or get to the hole if he has to, right? Like, I think Caruso is right now better equipped to make some of those decisions, right? Looking at AO, he's making progress as a rookie, right? Uh-huh. He's making better decisions, you know, making better passes, things like that, less turnovers. But there are times where you still see, yes, he's a rookie, right? Like, maybe he's trying too hard to make that extra pass. Or maybe he's passing up, you know, an open shot or something to make that extra pass, right? Like, so you still see some of that with AO. I think him coming in that second unit where you have somebody like Kobe who wants to be a scorer and balance that with Io who can score and also who is looking to pass. I think that'll be a better balance a little bit going forward and give you firepower coming off the bench as well. I'm going to be honest with you, Greg. If the playoffs started today, I don't think this Bulls team could beat this Celtics team, man. I've been watching the Celtics for the past few games, man, and they're just gauging people, man. They're just gouging people, man. Um, they destroyed the Thunder tonight. Last time I checked that score, they were up by 15 points. Um, they just played against uh, somebody, and I, and I thought they would lose. Oh, it was the uh, Denver Nuggets in Denver. 
just yesterday, and they beat the hell out of the Nuggets. And I'm like, yo, these dudes look like they just got a channel focus, and it don't matter who they play, Greg, and I'm thinking they're going to lose, and they still going there and beat the pants, so they went into Golden State and beat the pants off of the Warriors. Now, granted, Curry got hurt and left that game, but it's just this the Celtics team look like a team on a mission, and based on the past few games that the Bulls um, have played and the way they look in the past few games – I'm going by that, not just by tonight, you know, because this is just one game. Yeah. And that Celtic team will be difficult for us in a first-round series, and they will have the home court. Yeah, I agree with you. I do think it would be a difficult matchup with the way the Celtics are playing right now. Um, they seem like they've kind of found their groove. I think the Bulls are still kind of searching for that. But mm-hmm. I look at it like this. Of course, this is a big if. If the Bulls were to play defensively like they played tonight against the Celtics, I would not be shocked if they won the series. Like I, I think especially with the the size, like if we're looking at Brown and Tatum, right? Like uh-huh. the way we can throw different guys at them, right? Like you can throw Levine at them if you want to. You could throw DeMar DeRozan, even though he's not a defensive stopper, right? But you got Derrick Jones Jr. Now you got Pat back. So uh-huh. that's four different guys you could actually throw at those two guys, right? just defensively, just to keep them, you know, on their toes. Uh So I think we look at that defensively because really the biggest thing is stopping those two guys, right? So if we're looking at it like that, I think that we could could beat them. Again, like I said, if we play defensively like we played tonight, which is a big if. I'm hoping with Pat coming back that this defensive intensity that they played with continues going forward. And then hopefully we start to see the wins start to rack up a little bit more. Well, one thing I noticed that really helped in this game and that would work against the Celtics is that when you get out and run against these bigger teams, it seems like they don't like to get out and run. They like to pound you in the first in the, in the, in the half court. And the Celtics is a team, and I don't think if the Bulls turned it up and turned it into a full court gunning match, I don't think the Celtics could rock with the Bulls in that type of a game. I mean, do you agree? I think potentially the Celtics could, but I also know from watching enough Celtics game that there are some bad habits that they have. If Mm -hmm. you force them into that run and gun type of game, Mm -hmm. I can see Jason Tatum taking a lot of shots, whether they're going or not, right? Like he has the ability to get hot and then, you know, he's damn near unstoppable when he's just on it. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you get them into that up-tempo game, which again, I would look for Billy Donovan to do if he is insistent on playing small for one ball pressure for two, get up and down the floor. Right. Like you're going to get a lot of these kind of, you know, one and done possessions, Right. So then it's like, okay, we get the board, we're off and running. And of course it kind of becomes street ball in the sense where, all right, take it out. We're going to run right back. Right? And if that's the case, if you get them, playing your game, which I've been saying this throughout the podcast, what the Bulls, if this is going to be the Bulls' identity, if we want to speed up the tempo and do ball pressure, if that is going to be your game, let's force teams to play your game. And if you're playing my game, that means you're not playing your game, you're playing in my hands. Alright, so check out some of these victories they had, Greg. They won against the Heat, 122 to 92. Mm-hmm. They beat the Nets, 126 to 91. They beat the Nuggets 108 to 102. They just recently beat the Sixers 135 to 87. 
They just beat the Grizzlies 120 to 107. They beat the Nets again 126 to 120. They beat the Warriors 110 to 88. They beat the Kings 126 to 97. A team against a team that the Bulls recently saw. Against the Nuggets 124 to 104. And tonight against the Thunder 132 to 123. They're scoring in the 100s a lot, Greg. They won last four of their they won four straight games. This Boston team is playing with a lot of confidence. I don't know what happened to them. I know they brought over Daniel Dyson, a couple other pieces at the trade deadline. Maybe that's what it is. But they just playing like a team possessed, man. And um I think they're a wild card because you you would play them as the Boston that you've been seeing all year. Remember, this is a team that played from the playing spot, Greg. Mm-hmm. So yeah. nobody expected them to play like this, like they're playing right now. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think they found their group. They found who they are, right? And it's showing in the same way that I'm hoping the Bulls find who they are and run with it. Because mm. when you're playing your game, it's very difficult, especially when you're playing your game at a high level, for everybody else to catch up. And that's what you're kind of seeing during, during this Boston surge as they're playing their game. Now, again, hopefully the Bulls are figuring that out and again to health plays into this right like we are still getting guys back and reacclimating things like that and figuring out rotations but I think if tonight is going to be any indication of how we're going to proceed moving forward I'm not that mad at it right like I mean Derrick Jones didn't get in the game I would want him to get some time too but I mean the rotation is solid with Pat coming back I think he's going to add a different element not necessarily offensively, right? Like, I think offensively, like tonight, he's going to have to pick his spots a little bit in getting reacclimated up to game speed, but two, in figuring out this offense, to which he has not been in all year. So uh-huh. I think between, again, DeMar, Zach, and Vooch, Pat is going to have to pick his spots, you know, take advantage of his matchups when he has it, but don't try to force it. I think you kind of saw that tonight with him, with him, you know, not necessarily, it, it's not a case of him not being aggressive, right? But in him figuring out, like, okay, this is where I'm going to fit in. This is how I'm going to make the offense flow. Do I need to pass it? Okay, I got a wide open three. Let me take that and things like that. I think defensively is where he's going to make a larger impact because he can match up with some of these guys, right? Like, and add that defensive pressure, which is what we're going to need going forward and into the playoffs. Well, I, I I think with him back, that just adds a lot more activity on that box on the, at, the, at the power forward position. Having him back tonight just showed me that he's another extra guy that can grab rebounds, that that forces the defense to pay attention to him. You know what I'm saying? He can stretch the floor. Um, defensively, you're not just going to score right over him. He's another big body. And he's not even an aggressive defender, Greg, but he just being there, his size, his stature, um, he's going to put a hand up and he's going to contest some shots. So he's going to help a lot from that standpoint. But just having him back, like now he's the uh, Alonzo. Alonzo's the only player out now. Yeah. yeah so we actually... only missing one guy. So we basically have our complete roster that we had all year. And the funny thing is, all year, Pat was out. So we had a complete roster without Pat. Now Pat is back. Lonzo's the one out of the circle. Yeah. yeah. And it and doesn't think... seem like he's coming back either because I'm hearing that, you know, he's not showing any positive signs, Billy Donovan said. And then, then now they're shutting him down for 10 days with that rehab. So Lonzo, man, um, and this is crazy because I don't even 
I didn't even realize he was hurt, Greg. Yeah. 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 Uh, especially where it's like, okay, he's coming off a game and you don't you don't see it, right? Like he didn't hobble off or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just this obvious injury. It's just like okay, now he's hurt. It's like, oh, okay, and you think, oh, maybe it's rest or something or something nagging and it's mm-hmm. been you know, a couple months, and he's still out, and they're like, oh, he's not making progress. He's had swelling and things of that nature, and it's like, okay, this is worse than we thought, and like you said, shut it down for 10 days, shut the rehab down. Optimistically, maybe we can get him back in the second round if everything goes perfectly. Uh-huh. Right, but you know, right now, you know, it's not, it's not looking too good. And of course, you know, Lonzo being one of the better, best perimeter defenders in the league, he does make a big difference in how how we operate defensively, right? Like, even taking offensive out of it, out of how he sets us up and gets everybody in their spots and gets everybody going defensively, right? Like, if we're playing these teams and playing these guards that we'll have to run into, let's say, you know, Kyle Lowry or Drew Holiday, uh, James Harden, right? Like, these are guys, Kyrie Irving, to whatever extent he's going to play. These are guys we could potentially run into, and Lonzo would be a great help in defending them. Luckily, we also have, you know, the Caruso, who is also a pretty good defender in his own right. Uh-huh. So it's not like there's going to be this huge defensive drop-off. But, I mean, it's kind of like imagine what it would be having both of them, being able to throw both of them at you, right? So it it is a pretty you know, a significant kind of setback. Hopefully he gets healthy, and hopefully we can – get him back at some point in the playoffs and, you know, see how far we can take this thing. Well, with Pat coming in, when Pat got into the game, Greg, I just took my impression of what he did out there. He didn't force anything. He just jumped right in and just flowed right with the offense. And he didn't seem like he was scared or nervous or anything, you know, just coming off an injury. He just blended right in with what we were doing. And based on what he did tonight, Greg, he seems like a piece that we can use now moving forward in the playoffs. If there were any positive signs to look for, that was one tonight. Yeah, I, I agree. It was a couple of rebounds that he grabbed where he's just like skying over everybody. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh dang. <laughs> like, yep. like I didn't even I didn't even realize he had, you know, he had bounced like that. But it's like, you know, if we're looking at this in the future going forward, thinking about playoffs, like I said, defensively, grabbing these rebounds, grabbing offensive rebounds, right? Like the, he's mm-hmm. definitely a piece that would definitely help going forward and can take, you know, it's not, and it's not like he's a slouch offensively either, right? Like he can't score. He could score too. Uh-huh. Right? Like, so I think this, this will be, he'll, he'll be very useful. And especially like you said, sliding pretty seamlessly into the offense, at least tonight. Uh-huh. Like I'm guessing in the next couple of games, he'll probably have a bad game or two, just, you know, getting reacclimated to everything not playing majority of the season. So I'm not expecting him to come in and drop 50. But, you know, I think if he, like you said, if he plays within the flow of the offense, we're going to be, you know, when we when we get going, we, we, we could make some noise. He's a triple threat. He can score in the paint. He can post you up. He can shoot the three. He, he, he can do it all, basically. He can block shots. He shot 56% before getting injured. He shot 56% from the field. So this is a guy that is very efficient. You see what I mean? And then, like, he just – he's a utility guy. He just does everything. Like, 
20 years old, Greg, 20 years old, and we have Bulls fans saying trade Pat. They, they lost patience with him. What, 20 years old? Come on, man. I ain't giving up nobody at 20 years old that does what this kid does. I have so much confidence in him, and I feel like he's one of the major pieces of our rebuild. Um, not necessarily say we're in a rebuild because we're in the playoffs, but you know what I'm saying, Greg. This process yeah, that we've been on, yeah. yeah, he's he's the, he's the main he's one of the main pieces, and yeah. I felt like Zach tonight. Zach really reasserted that he is the man on this team. I mean, this guy was just taking it to the rim, double pump off the glass, bump, double pump layup off the glass, pulling up for a three, taking guys off the dribble, getting to the rim for a, for a layup and an and one. Yeah. He was just giving it all. He was showing it all tonight, and he was showing basically why I believe he's the most talented player on this team. All this DeRozan MVP talk, man, I get it. He's been having a good year. But he he can't hold a candle to the Zach. He can't. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even – I agree with you. I don't even think it's an argument about who the best player is on the team, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you said, as great as the year DeMar is having, but it's also because – if we're being honest, Zach has chosen to defer to him a little bit and mm-hmm. let him get his shot. I guess my only thing with Zach, well, to one, you know, Zach needed to be on that free throw line immediately after the game because he was missing a couple. Mm-hmm. But he needs to stop going at the ref so much. I, I'm not even, I'm not arguing. I see what he's saying. That yes, he's getting fouled. He's getting hit. I'm not arguing that. Mm-hmm. Man, like, you can't just be hard. It seems like pretty much after every drive he takes, he's harping at the reps. And, like, I would be fine with it if it gets you results, but it's not getting you anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, like, all it is is getting us out of position back on defense because you want to yell at the refs because they didn't give you that foul call. Because it's not like next time he comes down, he's getting that call. Mm-hmm. Everything remains the same, whether he gets the call or not. So, I don't know if he needs to take the Luka Doncic approach and sing to himself or whatever. But, like, I, that's something I like to see out of him, just stop harping up the rest and play, right? Like, I feel like it'll balance itself out at the end of the game, like, especially, like, knowing that, you know, the refs and the NBA have to go back and look at these things. And if you're noticing a trend of, like, yes, Zach gets fouled excessively and is not getting these calls, I feel like it'll balance itself out. But, like, man, you can't just be turning around after every time and yelling at the refs. Yeah. Another thing I noticed tonight with Vooch is that he can't guard – mobile power forwards like Siakam was giving them a hard time out there yeah. um Siakam had 14 in the first half and it just seemed like he was just rolling right around Vooch very faster than Vooch mm-hmm. Vooch couldn't catch him and it just he was just blowing right by Vooch so I would have liked for Billy Donovan to put Tristan Thompson in that matchup against Siakam you got to know your personnel and I mean come on any of you should know that Vooch can't stick with Siakam yeah, but I, 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 to Billy Donovan's credit, in the second half, he made the adjustment playing Javante on him. He had Io on him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, it was the third quarter, like, Siakam didn't have a field goal from a point. Like, the only points he scored was at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Like, they had held him. I think he had, like, three points or something like that. Like, they had held him. Um, but again, like, I'm not – Vooch isn't – the most athletic guy in the world, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, he, just, he, could, he couldn't, you know, jump up on the curb, right? Like, if we're being quite honest, right? So, in that case, yeah, when you have a mobile big, it is going to be a problem for him, right? Like, the only way I see for him to even remotely try to balance out his deficiency on the defensive end is probably going to be on the offensive end and having to play bully ball, 
Because early in the game, you saw him playing bully ball, and it was very effective. And again, later on in the game, they just, as the game went on, they went away from it. I think, you know, teams notice this. They're putting him in those pick-and-roll situations. And I think, you know, Billy Donovan has to go back and figure out an adjustment. Because taking Vooch out for Tristan Thompson for long stretches, I think, ends up being a detriment because Tristan Thompson is not as much of a scoring threat as Vooch is on offensively. Defensively, he gives you a little bit more, but does it really, really balance out in the long run? Um, so I think I think what it is is, like any good coach, you have to figure out how to mask Vooch's deficiencies. Now, however that may be, I'm not sure I don't have the answer for it. That's more of a Billy Donovan thing. But, well, you got to match him up with Vooch. You know what I'm saying? So you have that scoring side and you have that defensive side. A lot of people have been calling for that all year. I mean, ever since we got Tristan Thompson, at least, that they should pair him with Vooch. And I don't know. Billy Donovan doesn't do that a lot. But when you play him against – yeah, when you play him against mobile guys like Siakam, he's going to get beat. And you have to know that about your guy. Now, if we was playing against somebody like Jokic, you know Jokic ain't going to like really blow by you. He's going to really try to play in the post more. You know what I'm saying? He's really going to try to bump and wrestle with you down there. He's not going to try to play a foot race with you. So a player like uh, Joker, I could see you putting Vooch on him. But it's, it comes to a game of match, especially if you want to play small ball, it comes down to matchups. And I'm just surprised that Billy, who was elected to do this and play this kind of offense, is not reading that, you know, reading the proper matchups. And another thing I noticed about the Bulls tonight, they don't guard those corner threes for some reason. They The, the defense submerges to the middle of the paint, and then they just find themselves leaving these three-point shooters in these corners. They got to get to those three-point shooters early. Now, granted, Toronto missed some tonight and bailed the Bulls out because they had a lot of wide-open threes that they missed, Greg, in those corners. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think, you know, to kind of wrap up the, the, my last point about Vooch, uh, I feel like, like you said, on Billy Donovan, he has to find a way to hide him. Right? Like you, I think you've seen it, you know, coaches throughout history, when you have a guy who is not very good defensively or a guy who's in foul trouble, you'll find that if you go on the defensive end, you'll look and it's like this random matchup. For example, uh-huh. I, I think of the... 91 finals when Jordan got in foul trouble on Magic, they mm-hmm. hit him on Vladi Divac. Right? Like, you hide you hide the person. Like, you, you make it difficult on the other team to exploit that matchup. I think if, again, Billy Donovan is insistent on, like, okay, we're going to play the small ball. We're going to have Vooch at the five. That's fine, but you're going to have to find somebody to hide him on. It's clearly not going to be a guard. So mm-hmm. if you're not going to put him at the power forward or on the five, like, you have to find one of those two guys. Or maybe if the other team has a guy like, you know, for instance, Javante, who's not really going to shoot, put Vooch on him to where he doesn't have to necessarily leave, you know, the, the restricted area around the paint oh. or anything. And you can kind of leave him because you know that guy is not going to shoot. Yeah. Like, so I think that's the best way to kind of hide him on, on those fronts. Well, speaking of Vooch, man, um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit, Greg, about his contract situation, man, because mm-hmm. – there's been a lot of talk about trading Vooch in the offseason. Um, and I ain't going front, man. I've been at the at the head of that picket list. <laughs> yeah. To get Vooch out of here, man. And um, and a lot of people have been beating me up on Bullseye Group, Greg. And I, you know, I'm kinda I'm kinda like a little, you know, I'm I, I feel like crying, man, as much as people have been beating me up about talking about Vooch, man. 
But you know, I'm a little sensitive, man. It's stuff that people saying to me about, you know, for, for saying things about Vooch, man. But listen, Greg, he just don't fit, man. He's a slow big man, and it's like I just feel like the Bulls need a more mobile big man, especially one that could defend the paint and defend the the rim. And he shoots a little bit too much for me, Greg, and he doesn't play in the post, which is his real strength. We've seen a stretch of games where he played the post consistently and he was really effective. And then he went back to shooting threes again. It's like, man, it's like, I don't know. I just don't think he fits our system. I don't think he fits what we're trying to do. Well, at least he doesn't fit what the Bulls need as far as a big man on their team. So I'll say this about Boots. I'm not so sure he necessarily doesn't fit. Okay. But I think the reason is I think he doesn't fit as far as like the way you and I look at the way the Bulls should operate mm-hmm. and the way that they are operating. I think those are two different things. Right? Like we see we see it in spurts where the Bulls operate very well. Like you said, when Vooch is in the post or when he's running pick and rolls, but majority of the time we're seeing him running pick and pops. Mm-hmm. Right? Like and that's a large issue. Like I said, early on in the game, it's like tonight, like the bet, you know, it's been going on for a while. Early in the game, put Vooch in the post, put Vooch in the post, let him go to work. He does really well. And then as the game goes on, you just see him hanging around that three point line or hanging around a free throw line. It's like, why are you not in the post anymore? Right. So I can't totally, I don't know if that's a Vooch thing or that's a Billy Donovan thing, but, you know, as far as his contract goes and things like that, because even still, he's tops in the league in double-double. I think tonight was his 41st double-double. Of the and 19 and 13 uh, the other night. Yeah, so, I mean, looking at his contract, right, like, if you want to move him next year, yes, it's going to be the year to do it because he's going to be on an expiring contract. You know, it's going to be his age 32 years, so even if you re-sign him, he's not getting another big money deal. Um, but again, I guess my thing is, if we want to move on from him, which I'm not opposed to, is what we're going to get back in return. Like that's that's my biggest thing. I was I just about to ask you that, Greg. Who are we going to replace him with? I, I don't want to get rid of him just to get rid of him. Right? Like I'm going to want something back in return. Yeah, we have are to we get gonna, something back in return. Are we going to package him with something to get, you know, something greater, like whatever we're going to do? But I'm not of the mindset to get rid of him just for the sake of getting rid of him. So I think, you know, we'll kind of see how the rest of this year shakes out. And again, you know, it's up to AK, Mark Eversley, Billy Donovan to go back, reevaluate the roster, and again, see how, see how Vooch fits in moving forward. And what, like you said, what, what, are, what can we get? What is the market going to be for Vooch? Right? Because to me, and I'm sure, you know, I'll probably get kind of killed for this, but the way I look at Vooch is I kind of look at him like a Jonas Valanciunas type. Uh-huh. To where they're not necessarily as rare as some of these other guys, right? Like as a Kevin Durant or LeBron James, something like that, right? Like you can kind of find these guys a little bit easier than you're gonna find, you know, even a Zach Levine, right? Like you can find a Vooch faster than you can find a Zach, right? Like so, like I said, it depends on what what you're trying to get, what you're gonna be able to get in return. All right, man. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we got more Bulls talk right after this. 
thanks for tuning in to the Bulls Guys podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about us for unbiased and unfiltered opinion on your Chicago Bulls. That's the Bulls Guys podcast. How do you feel about the Bulls? How would you like to be on our show, The Bulls Guys Podcast, and give your thoughts on the team? Send us your emails at talkingbulls82 at gmail.com, and we'll be glad to have you on. All right, we're back on The Bulls Guys Podcast. So, Greg, The Bulls dropped to the cellar to the basement man and it's been miserable days for me brother you know how much I love this team and I found myself angry so angry that I said I ain't watching this game no more I ain't watching this team no more until they play better then found myself during the Phoenix game Greg sneaking and watching it just like the little kid that was sneaking and grabbing cookies off the cookie jar while his grandmother's not looking. And then we lost again, and I was disappointed again, Greg, and I went to bed early. It was miserable times, and tonight I really enjoyed this win. But to drop from first to fifth, man, it just seems like I just feel like I'm being cheated, man. I just felt like, I feel like we should be in the top three at least. You know, that, that losing streak, it, it's not even, again, it's not so much necessarily the losing streak itself. It's how they lost and getting blown out by Phoenix, right? Like, I was, I, I stomached as much as that game as I could, right? Like, and, and going back to the Utah game, right? Like, I'm, I'm tuning in, I, I was on my way home from work, and I'm like, watching, I'm like oh, yeah, they're, they're really in it. Man, it looks like they're holding Donovan Mitchell. Then all of a sudden, he goes off in the third quarter, and it's not even a game anymore, right? And I'm just like, hey, like what, like, what is going on? Like, you, and, and I think the issue, you know, you brought up Stacey King, you know, he's getting on Bulls fans. And I think even with you and kind of feeling like, you know, you, you want to give up on these guys is that we see the potential. Right? Like, we see what this team can be when it's clicking on all cylinders. And that's what's so frustrating about it. That's so frustrating about these loser streaks that go on. It's just like, man, like, you got it. When you're playing teams like Detroit, playing Cleveland, you guys look like world beaters, right? Like, it's like, right. man, these dudes, these dudes shouldn't even be on the floor with y'all. And then Miami comes, Philly comes, not even Milwaukee, because they played Milwaukee tough, right? Like, we're a Alex Caruso injury away from beating Milwaukee, like, if we're being honest, right? Like, uh-huh. you know, in Celtics, what, we, we split it so far, we had that 20-point, 20 20-something point comeback, and then next time we played in Boston one, but you know, like, these teams... It's like you look at it and you look at even in the games, right? Like some of these games you look at and it's like, man, these bulls are keeping up with them. All right, this looks like it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a knockdown, drag out fight. And then somewhere along the way, you see these bad habits creep up. This iso ball, turnovers, you know, uh-huh. open on defense. And then all of a sudden it's just this huge 20 point hole that they dug themselves in. And it's like, oh, maybe there's hope. And then, you know, again, bad habits creep up again. It's like, no, it's not even working. So, 
the way I look at it, yeah, we, we drop we drop from first to fifth, right? But again, we're only four and a half games out of first place. So it's not even like it's not within striking distance. Do things have to go well for us going forward? Yeah. But I mean we're two and a half games out of second place. So See, some of those teams that's ahead of us, Greg, they got to lose some games, though. That's how I'm looking at that. It's like I'm looking at Boston, and it's like Boston just greedy. They ain't trying to lose nothing. Yeah, true. But, I mean, we got some of these teams still on our schedule remaining. Like, again, next game is at Milwaukee, right? So we can gain a game on them. Okay? So, I mean, looking at it from that perspective – yeah, like we we can we still have a little bit of time to gain some gain some ground. So this fifth spot right now isn't necessarily locked in. We got Miami again. We got Milwaukee twice. We got Boston again. So we can gain some ground on these guys, right? Like so, we'll see how it kind of shakes out. We still also in addition to that we have other winnable games within that. We got New Orleans. We got New York. We got Cleveland. We got Washington. Right? Like we got some games that we can win. So, it so, is. so so on the next six games, not to interrupt you, Greg, I got us losing only probably one of those games. Probably not even none of those games because what I'm about to say to you, Greg, the only game I got us possibly losing is losing is to Miami. And right after we play Miami in this stretch of seven games, we go back to uh, playing Milwaukee and Chicago. But I'm about to say something. I'm about to drop a bomb, Greg. Okay. I got the Bulls beating Milwaukee the next game. Guaranteed. We're going to beat Milwaukee. The last two games that they beat us, they were really close games. I thought it was a coincidence in the first game, and then I seen, and I'm going to tell you what, Greg, what they did to the Toronto Raptors tonight, if they play that same style against Milwaukee, they're going to beat Milwaukee. Because I told you in the podcast when we lost to them that Milwaukee don't like guarding the open court either. They don't like when you get out and run either. So if the Bulls are able to force turnovers and get out and run, it's going to be a tough night for Milwaukee. But one of the players on Milwaukee that gives me fits is Middleton. Chris Middleton gives me fits. He's, he's sneaky, man. He doesn't miss any key shots down the stretch, man. He's one of those yeah. players down the stretch that makes every single basket. He, Chris Middleton is one of those guys where it's like, oh, he's not doing nothing. And you look up and he got 30. Right. Like, so where did that come from? Exactly. So in that game, the Bulls are going to have to shut down Chris Middleton and they're going to have to shut down Drew Holiday and they're going to have to force Giannis to beat, beat them by himself. If they're able to do that, then okay. They have to learn from their last game. Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday killed us from the perimeter. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out a way to force those guys to take harder shots, force the ball out their hands, force them to pass it. And listen, if Giannis going to score 50, 60 points and beat us, I'll live with that. But I can't let him get off in these other guys either. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I, I, I really I, I love the confidence that you have in this team, not even just the Milwaukee game, but in the next six games. And I really want to agree with you. But the Bulls have shown me – because I, I – all right, so let's run. So let's run down the list real quick. They're gonna play on March twenty fourth. They're gonna play New Orleans. You got New Orleans beating them. I don't. They're gonna I don't play. Know, this, is the thing. this is the thing. 
I would not have New Orleans beating them. But I could totally see the way the Bulls have been playing lately. Nah, but see, this is the thing that you're missing, Greg. They haven't lost to any bad teams. These are the type of teams that they take care of. That's why I think this schedule yeah, favors them. Recently, they, they just, I mean, they just lost to Sacramento. Uh, but Sacramento, after the trade, they're a different squad. So I wouldn't I mean, really. I guess recently they haven't really lost to any bad teams. Yeah, so then you got Cleveland. Yeah, which I believe that they should beat. They're going to beat Cleveland because it seemed like we only struggled with Cleveland one game this year, and it seemed like we got them figured out. We just beat them like a couple games ago, and the way they beat them. huh? took a really bad shoot, like a horrid shooting game from Darius Garland. I, like, I don't think he's going to shoot that poorly again. Again, this is, I agree with you. Like, in my head, I'm like, yes, they should win these games. But it's just, like, a lot of these games, like, even, even going back to Utah and Phoenix and things like that, if we're looking at it, it's like, yeah, like, do I necessarily I, – I, I'm like, well, I fully expected them to beat Utah. They did it before. I don't see why they couldn't do it again. But it's like some of these losses is like, I kind of expect you to win or I expect you to be competitive, and then you're not. You just come out flat. So, like – in my head, I'm like, yes, they should beat these teams. They should beat New York. They should beat Washington. And I would fully expect them to. And then, like like you said, like you expect them to maybe lose one, maybe go undefeated, and then they'll go three and three. And that's that's the frustrating part about the Bulls. You don't know who you're going to get. The game I want more than anybody on the schedule is Miami. They ha- they can't get swept. You got to win at least one game against them. You got to. You got to dig down deep. And I'm hearing Bulls fans on all over online making excuses. Oh, we were injured. Stacey King specifically. Oh, you know, we're in the touch stretch. Bulls have had players injured. Listen, when we was number one, I didn't hear this. We we got a new squad and we going through growing times right now. Just be patient. We was number one, and when we were winning, nobody wasn't saying none of that. So if you're able to win, get the number one seed, you have to show that you deserved to be there. They show me that they could get to the top of the East. Now show me that you deserve to be there. So you can't cry once the losses come and say, oh, well, we're, we're beginners. Well, you wasn't playing like beginners when you was number one. Yeah. But regardless of who you played, if it was against good teams or bad teams, you still was in the number one spot. Yeah. And nobody you, made these excuses. You play who's in front of you, right? Like, All right. So, you know, and other teams don't care if you injure or not, as well as the Bulls don't care. Yeah. If Miami comes and Jimmy Butler and Bam and Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero are all injured, I don't care. You still the Miami Heat. I still want to beat you. I don't care who's playing or who's not. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I I agree with you. I agree with you one hundred percent. I don't think I I think logically yes. If you know your best players are out, that does make a difference, right? But may play harder because you know you undermanned. Right. right. At at the same time, I, I think I said this before. Nobody cares, bro. Like, nobody cares. I'm still going to play you, you know, as hard as I can. And I expect the same thing. I expect that effort, right? Like like you said, if we if we lost to Miami and it was a close game or something like that, it's like, okay, we had guys out, we were injured or whatever, but we also showed that effort, you know, these G League guys and these backups or whatever, we showed that effort that this is not going to be no just cakewalk, right? So, again, you know, going forward, uh, I fully – if I, I hope and I'm expecting the Bulls to look like – similar to what they look like tonight, similar to how they played tonight, or even how they played Milwaukee defensively in both games. They played Milwaukee tough defensively in both those games, right? Like, if you can play other teams like that, right, like, you guys are going to be a force because we already know what you can do on offense. Like, we know we know DeMar can get buckets. 
right? Like, we know Zach can get buckets whenever he feels like it. They're both walking buckets. We know Luce can get buckets, you know, in, in spurts, right? Like, we know these things. We know Kobe can get buckets, right? Like, we're not worried about it offensively. It's defensively where the problem has been. If you can have that same defensive intensity, like you're playing Milwaukee every night, like you're playing Toronto every night, then the league is going to be, you know, they're going to have some problems with these Bulls. But if not, like if you're getting that effort against Golden State and things like that, then no, nah, like you you don't deserve to be at the top, right? Like it's not it's not even being at the top. It's it's okay. I see you're at the top now. Show me you deserve to stay at the top. Right. Well, one of the glaring problems, and we're going to close it out after this. One of the glaring problems that I realized with this team, we don't get key rebounds. We give up a lot of key rebounds. There were a couple times tonight where I seen that the Bulls. The Bulls just, like, Ayo had a big man on him, right? Mm-hmm. And the I forgot who the big man was. I don't think it was Siakam. It was somebody else that they had on their squad, and Ayo was guarding them. Was it Boucher? Boucher, however you say his name. He was a light gentleman. Um, but but Ayo forced a miss. And then the Bulls didn't grab the rebound. I'm like, dude, like, do you understand the bullet that you just dodged? We have to grab those rebounds. It gives teams second chances to score that they shouldn't be doing that with. This is a bigger team that has you by size. You force a miss against with a shorter play on them, and then you get the rebound, and then you don't get the you gotta you gotta capitalize on those. So those kind of 50-50 balls, they have to get those. They have to get those. And I see that a lot where they just don't get those rebounds. Vooch, he, he also struggled to keep his hands on the ball when he got a rebound and just fumbled it out of bounds. Like these kind of plays, they have to cease. You can't beat yourself, especially when the playoffs come. You can't have those kind of plays. We turning over the ball and doing stupid things to beat yourself. You got to tighten up, you know what I'm saying? So going into the playoffs – with these last, what, eight games left? About eight games left, Greg, or about 11? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to tighten up. You're going to have to tighten up, and I would do it right now instead of waiting until the playoffs to start tightening up. Yeah, I, I, complete, I completely agree. Um, and I guess the last thing that I will say on this is also in addition to not getting rebounds in clutch moments, do not run a pick and pop and have Vooch at the three-point line to shoot a three. Know. Even yeah. though he's wide open, 99% of the time he's going to miss. I've seen it over and over again, and it's hard to watch. Because I already know the second he gets it. Because, again, great basketball play. He's wide open. But I also know he's not going to make it. So stop, please please stop running those plays. <laughs> that is my plea to Billy Donovan. If you're listening, please stop running those plays. <laughs> it's not worked. Right. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go into my final word, and then we're going to close out the show right after this. You're listening to the Bulls Guys Podcast, where we talk about your Chicago Bulls and give an unbiased take. Thank you for listening, and like and subscribe. Final word. Final word. So the paw. The paw is back. Patrick Williams has returned. 
now that we have him back, we're down only one guy, Mr. Lonzo. The Bulls look like Warriors tonight. They look like their former selves. They look like a team that we are most familiar with. As we move forward, each of the guys in our locker room have to look at each other and say, can we do it the rest of the way? I'm going to need everybody. I'm going to need every player to come together. In these dire straits and these tough times of Chicago Bulls basketball, we desperately need wins after falling from first to fifth. All we got is each other against the media who expect us to fail. We got to believe in ourselves in that locker room. We have to believe in the Chicago Bulls. And if we do that, we will complete our journey to not only make it to the playoffs, but supersede our expectations. All right, Bulls fans, the end of the show. Bulls get a big victory tonight. Greg, how do you feel about the victory? And moving forward, got Milwaukee next. What's your expectations of this next game, brother? around that uh 80 and 90 area to end off the game 88 to 90 or 94 to 88 or something like that well thanks for joining us tonight also please like and subscribe if you love the show if you like the broadcast please do that and um Greg listen to us follow us on twitter because we have a lot of drops now i've turned that into an all bulls access page and we will be dropping all kinds of info on that page get the latest news on your chicago bulls by following us at talking bulls 82 at the bulls guys twitter page that's it thanks for joining us have a good night chicago and bulls fans around the world